Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. All right, so the first question is from Sajan. He didn't get to ask his question last week, so go ahead, Sajan. Dandavats Maharaj, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good, good. So um, my question is about the Harinam Seva, um, which originally, uh, in accordance with Mahaprabhu's dispensation of it, so graciously was Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Samkirtanam. It was ever victorious in all circumstances. Uh, the prime examples of which being persons such as Ajamil and um, uh, Valmiki, etc., like that. And so um, it seems as if uh, over the course of time, this uh, kind of ever victorious quality, uh, infallible purifying quality of the holy name has been kind of presented or interpreted uh, in, in different ways, such as, for example, um, of course, we have the, we have um, uh, Srila Prabhupada's example that um, uh, an iron bar placed in the fire acts exactly like fire, like that. And that indeed is kind of like a reflection of that that infallibility of the holy name to transform that which it comes in contact with, like that. But then we also have uh, different types of expressions um, within the Gaudiya Vaishnava uh, orientation, such as if you uh, put pearls on a pig, it'll still be a pig. And even beyond that, that um, um, milk touched by the lips of a serpent has poisonous effect. So those are some quite different kinds of presentations of one's engagement or faith in the holy name. Um, it seems, again, seemingly, it, it, it feels, it seems to be so, but I certainly uh, would value your, your input on this matter. Well, um, thank you. Uh, I think that um, the statements that you raise that um, may appear to be contradictory. Hmm? Right, apparently, apparently. Um, I don't think that they um, refer to um, a, a power, if you will, to diminish, that has the capacity to diminish, to diminish the efficacy of, of chanting. Um, uh, but while the efficacy of, of chanting the name of God um, is uh, considerable, and according to the sacred text of the Hindus, it exceeds any other uh, practice um, in the uh, you know in age 
of Kali, let's say in Kali Yuga. Um, at, but uh, at the same time, we are taught that there are things that we can do that will uh, improve our capacity to take advantage of the holy name, like receiving it from, from a guru, the blessings of a guru, right? and, 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 and being nourished by the, the uh, siksha instructions, um, the scriptural logic and so forth as to the efficacy and, and so on and so forth. Um, and just as there are things that we can do that can help us to take advantage of the dispensation of the holy name, the chanting and so forth, um, you know, you could chant anywhere, anytime. It's true. Um, you could be driving down the highway and chanting, but you could increase your capacity to take advantage of the, of the, the, uh, efficacy and virtues and power, if you will, of the name by, by sitting down meditatively in the morning and, and chanting comparatively, right? Sure. Uh, and so similarly, there are things that um, if we do, they may get in the way of our ability to take advantage of that dispensation. Um, just like there are things that will help us to take advantage, there are things that might get in the way of it. Of, of our being able to do so. Um, um, something might, so, so with regard to the, for example, the statements that you mentioned um, that milk is nourishing, but if you take milk from the lips of a serpent, well, it might be laced with, uh, with venom, right? But this statement is not a statement um, is a statement that re refers to, um, in, in context, really refers to teachings that would be contrary to the uh, Chaitanya Bhakti orientation to chanting, and which uh, we are told, Egoti uh, Vaishnavas, and we are told that chanting the holy name can give us prem, and this is the, the goal, prem, prayojan, right? Whereas if we hear teachings that are contrary to that, for example, by those who also chant, let's say someone chants for the, um, to attain the ideal of merging into Brahman, mm -hmm. sayuja mukti. Mm -hmm. So if we hear teachings that advocate this as the goal hmm, comparatively, then um, you know we, we, we're not going to get the underlying philosophical, logical uh, support for the, the, the fullest efficacy of the holy name. Um, now Godius speaks strongly about the idea, for example, of Sayuja Mukti in comparison, to Prem Bhakti as if it is uh, undesirable. And it is from the point of view of Godi Vaishnavism. It may be desirable for others, but um, for those who've, who've come under the shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's, it's a loss. There's no opportunity for service there and so on and so forth. So 
if we were to um, uh, hear from such, uh, you know, uh, a sadhu, it would undermine our capacity to pursue. It, it could prem bhakti. So I, I think that that's pretty, pretty reasonable. It doesn't the statement in itself, as I say, doesn't say doesn't contradict the all that is said about the virtues of the holy name. So I, I think you have to look at those kind of statements um, along those lines. I, I, don't, I don't think there's there's any really any statement that that contradicts overtly that the holy name has power. It has, you know, it is Krishna himself, um, you know, it's filled with all of his shaktis and so on and so forth. These statements are there. Um, but again, you know, relatively speaking, there are things that we can do to better take advantage of that or, or, or be disadvantaged from taking advantage of, of that. That's the way we look at those statements. So, so in that, <clears throat> in that context, um, I would, I, it seems as if um, what you just said about um, that the, the power of the holy name is never itself diminished at any time, yet the uh, our capacity to take advantage of its full benefits, that is, um, can be diminished. So with that, I, I, would, I would assume that would refer to Srila Bhaktivedanta Kaur's <clears throat> um, presentation of 10 offenses to the holy name that in no way implied a diminishing of the power of the holy name, but rather our capacity to take advantage of it in those, and those 10 ways would, would diminish our, our capacity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the holy name is Krishna. So can you offend Krishna? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so what will the result be if you offend Krishna? You know, that's different. That's not like, that doesn't take away from the, the power of Krishna, who he is. If you offend him, he, he still remains as powerful as capable, merciful, and so forth. But if you offend him, you're, he's going to react differently. He says that himself. As people approach me, well, I reciprocate accordingly. If Krishna is all powerful, but then you meet someone who teaches, he's only a, 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 you know, a, a temporal, Krishna is a temporal manifestation of impersonal Brahman and is not eternal in form or name. Well, you know, that doesn't change the fact that Krishna is eternal in form and name, but it, it may, you know, take away from our capacity to take advantage of that and understand that and realize that uh, truth about him. Yeah. And offenses to the holy name are, are just that, offenses. Offenses don't take away from the power of the name. Offenses um, are um, kind of like things that we, we, we damage our capacity to take advantage. We, we, something wonderful has come before us and we, 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 just, we think less of it than what it is. We dismiss it um, and so forth. Right. That's what I that's what I thought. Thank you so much, Mara. Okay, thank you for the question. Next question. Okay. Next question is from uh, Sudley. Okay. Dandavats Guru Maharaj. Um my question is about I have heard a lecture of yours, uh, how you speak, that in order to reach the third level, like the 
Trenada Pisonichena from Shikshashtakam, we cannot just imitate it, just suddenly become tolerant, patient, like humble, etc. But first, it coming the second verse where we are to be to repent, we have no taste for the holy name. I just wanted to know a little bit more about this mood of repentance. It is coming because, um, I mean, we just start feeling that we really miss to have taste to the holy name and we start to crave for it. What exactly happens a little bit if you can speak about it? Yeah, the verse is quite positive actually. Um... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says there are many names, the names are full of your, your shaktis, um, and, and there are no rules for chanting, for chanting them. Um, you know, there are rules for meditation. One of the rules for meditation is it has to be done in a sitting posture, according to the Vedanta Sutra. Um, but Mahaprabhu says, smaranam uh, nakala, etadishi. He's talking about smaranam of the name, so meditation on the name. He says there are no fat, hard and fast rules. You could walk while doing so, for example. Um, so, again, it's powerful. On the one hand, it's trans, you know, it's, it, it, it takes one to, it's, it's, it's a post-liberated reality. And at the same time, it's extraordinary merciful. So on two, two ends of the spectrum, right? It goes so high. And it extends itself so low to reach to us, to make itself available to us um, in, in whatever condition we may find ourselves. So, um, so then Mahaprabhu says, but he's giving good reason why it should be, I should pay attention, why I should be, um, give my all to this. Be, um, but embarrassingly, if you will, I'm not. In spite of this theology and philosophy, I'm not, such as my condition, it's lamentable. Hmm? It's lamentable. And so with some healthy sense of remorse, I apply myself hmm, to the best of, of my ability with prayerfully, with the um, hope that those things that are getting in my way of appreciating that, those distractions, those false uh, values that I have um, I, you know, attached myself to and I pursue, that's what the meaning of an artha is, a false value, um, that, you know, even though I can say to you they're false values, that I can actually see through them. And 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 the name um, um, and its its virtues, taste for it, and so forth, will come. So it's a healthy kind of a, a remorse that he speaks about. Is acknowledging just you know the, the the plight of the sadaka. I've heard all this. I I I know it's true according to my uh, uh, reasoning capacity and to my experience of. My guru, this is alive, this, this possibility, and so forth. And here's the philosophy and the theology to support it. Um, but the reality is I, I, I'm not attracted. Um, but, but nonetheless, to underscore again the, the grace of Nam, it stays with me. He stays with me anyway. 
I mean, as long as I keep chanting. So it's kind of a, I should keep chanting even though I'm not attracted. I should be. I'm not. Even though I have other distractions and so forth. I shouldn't think I'll do something else that they'll go away. I'll wait for they'll go away. Then I'll chant. No, I'll chant. And it will, and it will the chanting will in due course, uh, you know, clear the path. Um, the path is full of obstructions, so they need to be cleared. So there's just kind of a healthy uh, remorse there, and it, and it is an appeal to really to have a taste. Mm-hmm. In a sense, uh, it's kind of a lower level where later on, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was praying, why, why aren't I, when will tears come? When will the, the sattvika bhavas appear and so forth? Well, first, when, when will when will the taste come? When, when will I be humbled enough you know, to take advantage of the name instead of pridefully keeping myself uh, separate? I'm his part and parcel. I'm not separate. I'm a dependent upon him. But I keep myself. Uh, I think of myself. So this is this is kind of the pride, if you will, that uh, is is getting in the way. So something like that. It's a very beautiful verse, and it, it, yeah, I have explained it in that way. That it's kind of a kind of a precursor to the humility that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaks of in the third verse, which is kind of like you're entering into a, a, a stage of the practice there where where the, Principle and Arthur's are cleared away in the third verse, and um, and and then this natural humility has come, and this uh, uh, this uh, tolerance and so forth. We lack that in the prior stage where our budget is is not not steady and we're distracted and so forth. But still, we hang on to the name for the reasons that the verse explains, and. And we wonder if you, we're in, in awe at the fact that despite, you know, I offer you a wonderful thing, uh, you kind of go, well, you know, maybe, you know, I'll take advantage of it. Still, I keep offering it to you. Still, I keep offering it to you. Hmm. Instead of saying, okay, well, I offered you, you didn't really show you enough that you want I'll give it to somebody else. The name keeps giving it, stays with us regardless. So that um, is, a, is then, you kind of like a further the further impetus. It's great. It's powerful. You can chant any time and place. I'm not, but I'm not attracted. But still, the name stays with me. I mean, hopefully, the name stays. I keep chanting. <laughs> I should. Mm-hmm. He's willing to stay with me in that condition, mm-hmm. which is like, if I think about that, that's that's uh, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I kind of look at it as kind of uh, in. Uh, uh, an embarrassing stage, if you will, but a stage in which I have to think, am I a hypocrite? Do I really believe in these things? Uh, or not? I have to make the conviction I do and center my life around it, which is a very reasonable uh, thing to do. I mean, you know, to say, here's my lifestyle. I, I rise in the morning because I know that family life can be distracting. There's a lot of... Um, things that come up, um, children aren't always behaved and they have their needs and they have to be, they have to take care. They, they may not disagree with us. Our partner may not agree with some of us are married and in relationships with others who aren't devoted or sympathetic and so forth. But, you know, it can only go so far um, in one sense, but very reasonable 
to um, my, you know, to characterize my life is in the morning. This is my rule. I get up and I meditate. Now, you know who who is going to complain about that? Hmm? Um, it seems very very reasonable, noble, good, desirable, attractive. This is what I do. Now, my meditation is is chanting the holy name, or it may be chanting the holy name and uh, my mantra and 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 some puja, but this time I set aside for this. Then, of course, I have my day. I have to go work and do things and so forth. But I remind myself of that sadhana again, midday, again at dusk. Um, and if it's not possible to chant my mantra at midday, then I chant it twice in the morning, once when I rise, once before I head out, you know, into the world, so to speak. And then when I come home, again, you know. And uh, of course, as far as the lifestyle um, of, of, of a sadhaka in this, this day and day age in, in this world, um, you know, you, 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 you're not in a situation where you can offer your food in a formal way in all circumstances. Um, but I mean, the very, there's two sides to this. There's a high end and a low end. I'm offering my food on the high end because of because for the pleasure of Krishna and I, I'll honor what's left over. On the low end, it's I'm thankful, grateful for the bounty of life. I know that I'm not independent in acquiring it. It requires sun, it requires rain, wind, and so forth. These things are beyond my control. This is the this is this is nature. Nature has consciousness behind it. This is the grace of God. Um, so you know. We hold hands at dinner, say thank you, you know, for the bounty, you know. And I, let me, may I use the energy that I get from this, you know, for, for your service is, is the thought. Um, you have to kind of gravitate towards essence of, of the teaching. And I think it's not only is it very um, uh, reasonable, and uh, does it have have power? But it, it's it's attractive. I'm, I'm not really talking about your question that much, but about something else that that um, is related, but comes comes to mind. But um, um, overall, what I'm speaking about is the life of a sadhaka, you know. And, and it, it'll be a little different, obviously, if I'm living in an ashram. It's one thing. If I'm living in a household, it's a different thing. If we're living in a household where my partner's not a devotee, it's going to be a little different, but still, so I can adjust that. It's very, Bhakti's very generous and so forth. But but to put it aside is unreasonable. And despite, to go back to your you know question, my lack of taste, my distraction, and so on and so forth, the verse is telling us, is challenging us. You know, These are the things that are said about the name. Do you believe it? Then you should pursue it. And and despite the fact that you don't have a taste, despite the fact that that you're uh, distracted, this only further indicates the merciful nature of the holy name. It's not giving up on you. Why should you give up on it? It's never giving up on you. Don't you feel a little bit like embarrassed to give up on the name? Hmm. You know, okay, you can't chant 32 rounds, chant 16 rounds then. Hmm. Bhaktivinoda says, start with four. Hmm. 
in his Harinam Chintamani, developed from there. So the name is not giving up on you. This is the, port, the import of the verse. So the challenge is, why should you give up on the name? Be patient, be patient and persevere and adjust in such a way that, you know, works for you practically. You can't get way out of balance um, um, in, in, in uh, earlier stages of life and family life and so forth, there are other obligations and so on. But the malleable or the, 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 the flexible nature of, of bhakti, if, if properly understood, I mean, it, it doesn't compare to yoga, sadhana, or the gyanmarg, uh, or, uh, you know, um, at, as other practices in pursuit of transcendence. So, so the name is merciful. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. a quick follow-up. So would it be fair to say then that that very like lamentation is the thing that draws Krishna's mercy? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's not a, but it's not a neuro, neurosis, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you know, it's just a recognizing of my reality, but uh, unfortunate as it is. And Krishna says this in the 11th canon of the Bhagavatam, nine devotees, sometimes they have distractions, but they, they feel a little bad about it. And that, that in itself endears them, you know, to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Okay, the next question is from Rajahari. He says, I understand that animals, birds, or insects find great benefit by hearing the holy names from a pure devotee, as Chaitanya Bhagavat 1.16.278 says. But can a practitioner who chants Nama Parad, for example, hope that his chanting will help other living entities? Thank you. You can hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would seem to me that if, you, if you're chanting and hope that the chanting will benefit other living entities, you might be feeling some benefit in it yourself. Or if not, you might be hoping that you might benefit from it. Of course, you might think, I know philosophically I'm benefiting from this, although I don't feel it practically. I hope that philosophically speaking, the other species will benefit from it as well. But I mean, that said, um, I mean, there's a stage as Bhaktivinoda Thakur speaks about it in which we're chanting that we may be committing offenses. And, and that stage, um, it's not that the name is offensive, but you may be making offenses to the name. So the question is, if I'm making offenses to the name and chanting, will that chanting have benefit? Well, the name is the name. You may offend it, but the animals aren't. <laughs> the mosquitoes aren't. So um, your ability to take advantage of it is being obstructed by, you know, the offenses that you're committing. But the, the, those other species you speak about, they're not committing the offenses. The question is, are you uttering the actual uh, name? Well, you're uttering the syllables of the name. I think that the the the, the, 
the effect, the pure effect of the name, which is Prem, you're not experiencing. Of course, they're not going to experience it either, but they're going to experience something from it. Um, now, with re I should say for a moment here, with regard to offenses to chanting the holy name, really, um, to a large extent, the offenses that one can commit in relation to the name will be overcome by proper sambandagyan. In other words, if you don't get proper sambandagyan, you don't know that Krishna's name and Ganesha's name are different. You don't know that chanting the name, which is a religious practice, kirtan, is, is different qualitatively. Its efficacy is entirely uh, different and unequal to other Vedic sacrifices. You don't know that. Once you get to Sambandha Gyan, you know these things. So, you know, so, so to a large extent, these offenses are overcome by um, Sambandha Gyan. That's why, and Siksha, you know, in general. So that's what Bhakti Vinodaka was experiencing in his time. People chanting, they were devotees, nominally speaking, kind of a play on words there, but nominally speaking, they were, they were devotees, but they didn't really understand the the uh, the teachings that underlie the Nam Dharma, and so they would go and chant Kali Kali or Krishna Krishna and so forth, um, and they weren't getting the effects. Therefore, his emphasis at the time on on Siksha, and he was coming out with so many books and so forth. Um, so, um, just an, an aside there. I think that those that's uh, important uh, uh, point, and um, of course, you know. Uh, we, we could still offend a Vaishnav, even though we, we know it's not um, 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 or the guru. It, you know, these are two offenses. We could disobey the guru or ignore the guru's um, instructions or offend a Vaishnav, even though we, may, we, we, we know and we've heard repeatedly, but th those offenses are emphasized. That's why they're emphasized over and over and over again, right? Um, we don't emphasize over and over and over again that the, that the chanting of the holy name is not to be thought uh, e equivalent to doing a, a horse sacrifice or something. You know? Once you hear that, you know, well, I'm not going to think that. Uh, and of course, we're not doing horse sacrifices either, but in the Varnashram, they might do that. Anyway, so but, but so for the most part, I say the Sambandagyan will do away with um, our committing offenses. Uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur does emphasize uh, attention, pramada, hmm, uh, you know, inatten inattentiveness, almost as if it is an offense in itself. Um, it's, um, which is a little bit novel on his part, but I, I think that he makes a good point by emphasizing that uh, not being attentive to the chanting is going to give rise to offenses because it means you're not going to be attentive to the underlying teachings that I'm talking about that uh, uh, of, of Nam Dharma. So that's one way to be to be attentive, to be attentive to what the teachings are. Um, and so for the way there may be distractions while chanting because the mind is is um, hard to control like the wind, as Arjun said, and Krishna says, I agree, but it's possible. By detachment and practice, 
Detachment means, well, what are the things that you're attached to that come up in your mind that get in the way of chanting? That's why I say, if you want to overcome an inattentive chanting, chant with the heart, chant prayerfully from the heart. Because what's on your heart, that's what's going to be on your, on your, on your mind. And then when you, and also when you pray, it's pretty pretty typical that the things that you need to give up or back away from come come to mind. <laughs> so, you know, as you let go of them on the one hand, and you practice chanting on the other hand, then this inattentiveness that Arjun speaks about in the Gita, controlling the mind, difficult like controlling the wind, it becomes possible. Krishna says these are the two things: by detachment and practice. So by letting go on the one side and on the positive side by, by the, the practice gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think that uh, uh, yeah, there, there, there's good reason to think that if you chant the holy name, others, others will be benefited. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I would like to share a short anecdote that you once years ago told me about a similar question. I was driving the Audaria truck running errands or something, and I hit uh, like a baby deer, like a fawn, and it died on the on the uh, street or the road, but I was chanting to it when it died. And so I was very disturbed by the whole thing. And so I came back to Audaria and I asked you, like, if I chant Namaparat, what what happened to that deer? And you you said very emphatically, like he, he or she will get a human birth. And so I was very happy about that. And anyway, that's what you said at that point. So I just wanted Why to not? share it with. You. Yeah. yeah, and you weren't making any offenses to the name at the time, were you? No, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about Shiva or you know the horse sacrifices. <laughs> you weren't offending your guru or anything. You weren't making an offense, <laughs> so you were chanting without making an offense. <laughs> Nice. All right. So moving on. Next question is from Krishna Das. Dandavatsa. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Good morning. Um, so um, I was wondering if uh, you could speak on the uh, Gaudiya Vaishnava conception of Brahma Gayatri and kind of how it relates to Radha Dasyam. I was reading Srila Sridhar Maharaj's commentary on it recently. I uh, was kind of having some difficulty fully understanding um, kind of how he gets to the conclusion where he says that it's pointing to Radhadasyam. And I guess in relation to that, I was also wondering for one whose ideal is Sakirasa, how would how would they uh, such a person think of uh, uh, that that mantra? How what would their conception be? Well, yeah, I think that. Um... The commentary of Sridhar Marsh is, is uh, interesting, reasonable, insightful, I should say. Um, 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 but on its face, his commentary is, is not um, um, saying that this mantra leads to Radhadasyam only. Mm-hmm but it could be taken in that way. Hmm? And if that's your ideal, then based on the grammatical analysis that he's given, you have full um, license to go there, but it does, it's not mandating it. His, the, the grammatical 
explanation. Now, before I go further on that, I will mention to you that um, the principal exponent um, of the significance, meaning, implications of Brahma Gayatri in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is Jiva Goswami. In that, in his Sandarbhas, Jiva Goswami and Tattva Sandarbha, and later in the Paramatma Sandarbha, he gives an explanation of Brahma Gayatri. Mm-hmm. And um, there he makes clear that this Brahma Gayatri is a mantra that, that petitions Bhagwan, the, 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 the primal Godhead, not Surya or this or that. People have many different conceptions about it that fall short of, to use Sridhar Maharaj's term, full-fledged theism. Uh, so Jiva Goswami explains it in that way. Um, and, and of course, um, in doing so, he also cites from the Guru Purana, Gayatri Bhasya Rupo. So, so Gayatri Bhasya Rupo. So this is a verse, a line, a pada, a line from a verse in the Guru Purana, which is extolling the virtues of the Bhagavad Purana. It says the Bhagavad Purana is the natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. It's the Samaveda of the Vedas. It's the hymn of hymns. In other words, the Samaveda is full of hymns. It's the hymn of hymns. Um, it is Gayatri Bhashi Rupo. So it is a it is a commentary, the Bhagavatam, on the Gayatri Mantra. Mm-hmm. So what is the meaning of the Brahma Gayatri Mantra? That's there in the Bhagavatam. Now you can say that means Radhadasyam, right? True, yeah, yeah. And of course, by Radhadasyam here, Pujapachiramarsh is referring to Manjari Bhav, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say that. But there are other things you can say also, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with, when we go directly to Sridhar Maharaj's commentary itself, he is basically saying, Burbuaswa. There are three, three worlds, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 the So uh, we are covered by physical, um, mental, intellectual um, covering, right? So there are realms that correspond with, with that. Mm-hmm. There's the physical realm, there's the mental realm, there's celestial, there's the intellectual realm, there's the, the Brahma's realm. Mm-hmm. Those, the, uh, um, and, and Burbhava, Om Burbhava, Sva, Tat, Sabitur, hmm. uh, but what gives light to all these realms, which are unconscious, is consciousness, and you are a unit of that. Sabitur, right? Sabitur. So you are the light of the world. The consciousness, Krishna says in the Gita. After describing the basic elements of the world, 
earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, ego. But there's another energy, he says, another Shakti of mind, and it lights up the world. It's sustaining the world. So what's the light of the world? See, some people take Sabitur to mean the sun, but here he says, no, it means the soul. This is the light of the world. And the sun has no light without the Atma. The Atma lights the, the sun. Incredible uh, reality. So, Bhubhavata, Bhubhavasva, Tat Savitur, Barenyam, Barenyam, Bhargudevasya. Barenyam means like worshipable, worshipful, right? So, the idea here is, and Devasya means Krishna. It means the playful God. So Krishna, so, so the, the soul lights the world, but what lights the soul is, is God ultimately, we say, it means comes to Krishna, the, the playful God. This, uh, but, but in between God and the Jiva, Deva, Devasya and Sabitur is Bhargo. Embargo means light, effulgence. So you see, this is Radha. Radha, light, Radha lights up Krishna and lights up us by bringing us in touch with, with Krishna. Bhakti is this medium that nourishes Krishna and nourishes us by bringing us together with Krishna. So he's saying that, um, that, um, that the Atma lights the world, but it has a source who is venerable, worshipable, and, and, and playful, beautiful, charming, and so forth. But there's a light that lights him up. And that is Radha. She lights him up and shows him to us at the same time, right? And therefore, She's even more worshipable. This is how, how he goes to so, Dimahi Devasya, Dimahi Dioyona Pachodaya. So this is his kind of uh, progression. Now, um, I wouldn't, uh, you, 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 you don't have to take the fact that I've just stated here from his grammatical analysis to mean, therefore, this mantra is taking me to Radhadasyam. We do agree that the way to Krishna's heart is, 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 is through Radha. Therefore, even, uh, even the Narma Saka, the Sakya Bhav, um, yes, we could attain Sakya Bhav that is not influenced by Madhurya, but the, but the latter is, 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 is preferable. And um, so therefore you find, for example, Narma Sakas like Subal, like Madhu Mangal, they're also um, um, what's, what's the word? Um, anyway, they were also servants of Radha, right? Subal is a friend of Krishna, and Radha is also um, he, he's also considered a um, kinkar. Kinkar means servant, a kinkar of Radha. So, so, and, and for that matter, if our Sakyabhav is not Narma Sakyabhav imbued 
in that way with 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 Madhurya. Um, still, um, the virtues of of Radharani are not uh, you know going to be lost lost on us. So she's Bhakti Devi, right? So something like that. Does that help? Uh, yes, that was very, very much your question. Okay, good, good. We have 15 more minutes. Some okay, the- yeah, kind of, kind of Ram has a question. Oh, did Krishna does have a follow-up or did I just cut you off there? I guess not. Okay, so Kano Ram, go ahead. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Can you hear me all right? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, good. Um, so I'm reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam in the 10th canto, chapter number 54, about the marriage of Krishna and Rukmini. And uh, I have a question about one of the personalities in a particular verse. I'll read you the verse. Um, so the heroes of the Lord's army, headed by Gada and Sankarshan, could not tolerate the aggression of the opposing kings. Thus, with iron arrows, they began to strike down the enemy's horses, elephants, and chariots. Um, and then in the translation, it says that Gada is the younger brother of Lord Krishna. And I was wondering if you could tell us something about the lesser known siblings of Krishna, like this personality, Gada, and maybe some others. I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with that verse. And it's, it's, it's not something that I have really studied the Dwarkalila, hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm kind of caught up in the Brajlila and a little bit, you know, Matura. I haven't got, uh, I should, you know, this is the same Krishna and he's looking back at Braj from there. Um, so I'm surprised at that verse. Um, in one sense, this idea that Krishna has a, has a younger brother, I, you know, I don't know where, from who, where, but um, let's, let's take a quick look here, see if we can just uh, look it up. Hold on a second here. Let me get out something that would be useful in this regard. Okay, it's the tenth canto, and uh, what's the verse number? It's chapter fifty-four, text number six. So ten fifty-four six. Yes, sir. Okay, well, let's see here. Hmm. Well, I thought I would have had that here. Um, Oh, okay, here, must be here. Hold on. Yeah, all right. Let's see if we can find it. 10, 4, be patient now. All righty. Huh. 
Right, okay. The heroes of the Lord's arm headed by Gada and Sankarshan could not tolerate aggression, the opposing kings. Thus, with iron arrows, they began to strike. Uh, where did you get the idea that he's the younger brother? Is that in a, a particular uh, situation? It, it comes in the... Oh, it's in it. It's, it's in it. It's in the trans. It's in the translation. This is in the translation of Sri Dayananda Maharaj's um, 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 in, in the Bhagavatam. Gada, yes. younger brother of Krishna. Um, I don't know how Gada means the younger brother of Krishna in and of itself. Um, and in the commentary, I have the commentaries here of Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur. He doesn't mention him as a younger brother. Um, he says, Jiva Goswami says, Gada is first mentioned because of great devotion. He was in front. Hmm. Um, uh, so, in the end, there's no, there's nothing. There's nothing in the, uh, in the, I mean, the word in the, in the verse is just God. It doesn't say anything about being a younger brother. I don't know why he adds that or where that comes from. And it's not mentioned in any commentary. No, my bewilderment about it initially is not, shows I'm not as bewildered as I might have thought. <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> he was a younger brother. So I don't know. It must be maybe some editing error or something. I don't know where that. Oh. That that comes from. Later on, I'll look um, in Sanatana Goswami's commentary, but I, I really doubt that it's there because Jiva Goswami follows him almost every hmm. So, um, I mean, he says, Gada is mentioned because first, Jiva Goswami says, first, because out of great devotion, he was in front. So hmm. it's possible that reading that commentary, somebody misunderstood it and said, God is mentioned first because of great devotion, because he was first, you know, hmm. younger brother. But what's being hmm. said here is different. So I think there's some confusion on the part of the the, uh, the translator there. I think that the name is used in, in one of the previous chapters referring to Krishna as the younger brother of Balaram. So. He is, yeah. <laughs> That part I remember. Okay. <laughs> what else? Okay. Uh, um, Krishna Kanaya has a very nice, straightforward question. He asked, she's asking you, what makes you happy? Well, I have questions like that are good. They make me happy. It's nice when somebody wants to know how you feel about things, right? Um, but uh, uh, so many things, right? Um, I'm happy when the devotees are happy. If I can act in such a way that the devotees are pleased, of course, I can act in the way in which the devotees should be pleased and they're not, that makes me unhappy. <laughs> um, so, um, for them to be happy and make me happy requires that they understand. 
what, 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 they, what, you, what you'd make them happy, I guess. Um, but I'm just kind of rambling. Um, um, that uh, I guess I'm happy when I see that the devotees are understanding properly and uh, and, and applying themselves hmm? and and um, and coming up with uh, realizations. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do, you know, with regard to the, the community. Otherwise, um, personally, um, aside from that, um, um, I'm happy with insights gained about Krishna's um, playful leelas with his friends. Hmm. Uh, keep practicing the different insights come and so forth and they make me very happy so you know it's it's a very it's a nice question i appreciate it there's just too many things that that make me happy now you could ask what makes me sad but i don't think i have as, as many things on on the, on that side but it would be in one sense the the converse that i'm try, doing something good and devotees aren't taking advantage of it. That's uh, uh, it's paraduka duki. I'm sad for them, but I'm happy personally. <laughs> it's said the Vaishnav has no unhappiness except for the happiness unhappiness of others. Hmm. He sees that others are unhappy. That makes him unhappy for them, hmm. but for himself or herself. He's in a world of happiness. So what else? We have a few minutes. Okay, uh, Anadi Krishna asks, let's see, where is the question? How do you encourage those? Uh, he's asking you personally, how does, basically saying, how does Guru Maharaj encourage those who have never chanted the holy names to do so? Well, I think that uh, by speaking about accurately about the virtues of the chanting, comparing it to other other uh, methods of of uh, in pursuit of self-realization, such a high ideal, um, um, I think that's that what encourages persons to take up the chanting, he hearing about it. Um, hearing about examples of others and so forth. The, um, the generous nature of chanting as a, as, a, as a practice, as we were discussing earlier, these, these kind of things, uh, I would say. You, you know, you want to encourage people to, I believe, at least, well, I believe to chant based on an understanding um, of, of what it's about. I mean, you could do other things to get them to chant, you know. Prabhupada once said, get little dolls of corn and tie and give them to people and tell them, wave incense at them and chant this mantra, Hare Krishna, all your desires will be fulfilled. That's, he has the power to do that. I, 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 I <laughs> my, my power is uh, to, to, uh, to put corn and tie in the hands of people like that and say that i'll leave that to him um he had a special power coming from nityananda prabhu i i would 
rather than something like that. That, that takes some power. Hmm? Um, you have to understand that. You can't just say, well, probably this, so I'm going to just tell people to chant because this will happen to them and that will happen. That, we shouldn't do that. We should tell people to chant, encourage people to chant based on the teaching, hmm? what the chanting is, what, 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 what is said about it and so forth. So that's my answer. There's an interesting, uh, Gangshak did, did some Google searching about that Gada, and maybe Gurumachi, when I read it from the comment section. Gada. My apologies. I did a quick Google search. It says that he was a son of Vasudeva. Apparently, Harivamsa says that his mother was called Sudama. Well, Mahabhagavat, Mahabharat, Mahabhagavat, well, well, Mahabhagavat, Maha, Maha whoever that is, says, maybe she means Mahabharat, says that his mother was Rohini. Unfortunately, I didn't find proper sources. And it's possible he could be a son of Rohini. Rohini had other sons. And that way he could be considered a brother and younger. That's a possibility. Haribam soon. And Vasudev. Uh, Um, is another name for, for Balaram. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, amongst the, as you say, amongst the Vrishnis, I am Vasudev. Hmm. So when you're saying, well, he's Vasudev, he cannot, that it means Balaram, because Balaram is, is uh, also the son of Vasudev. Hmm. So amongst them, I'm, I'm Ambassador, the Chatriya, Ram. Mm. So there's a good angle there. We could we could look further into that. We could look at him as a younger brother, if he's a son of Rohini, just like Balaram is considered his brother, although he's from a different a brother from a different mother, as they say. Okay, well that's it for the questions today, Guru March. Nice to be with you all. Haribo. Thank you very much. Haribo.